And the Emmy goes to. 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 Breaking Bad. Modern Family. Feet. Homeland. Shit's Creek. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Next Best Series podcast, episode 19. We took a hiatus there for a couple of weeks, but we are back now, and what a time. What a time to be talking about television. This is the prime time. This is Emmy time. Right now, we have some of the best television programming coming out that we will probably see all year airing live and here today to talk with me about it all, including a major announcement about the Golden Globes. I have Michael Schwartz. Hello, everyone. And Amanda Spears. Hello. All right. So as I mentioned before, a lot has happened since the last time we were here. We have all of these new shows. It seems like now that the Oscars are over, everyone has turned their attention towards either going back to movie theaters or watching the latest hit show on television. And there's obviously many to get to here. So I'm more than happy to ask you guys what else you have been watching but i figured maybe the the best thing to start off with first would be the announcement of the golden globes cancellation for 2022 because as we all know they celebrate television shows in both the drama and comedy musical categories every single year so in terms of award season and where they factor in along with sag and a few of the other shows in the lead up to the emmys What do we think that the cancellation of the Golden Globes is going to mean this year? Amanda, we'll start with you. The difference between the Golden Globes celebrating film and the Golden Globes celebrating television is that the films have already aired. The films are already out. They're not going to have too much of an impact on the box office. They might have some, but they're really not going to move the needle. But what the Golden Globes can do for a television show it's kind of sad from the TV perspective because when you look at it from like Rachel Bloom with my crazy ex-girlfriend, that kind of put her on the map. It put the show on the map. One of their, they're famous for like, you know, when Ally McBeal and Calista Flockhart won or the office, the, uh, the UK version and Ricky Gervais one. So they've done a lot of good uh, as far as like giving, especially new shows, the attention and recognition they deserve. Now, they still do have their problems, and they're easy to exploit, but they have done a lot of good for television shows. You know, they awarded Atlanta, they awarded Transparent. They've really given a lot of television shows their breakthrough moments, so it is sad for those shows. Now, on the good side, is nobody next year is going to be subject to the Golden Globe plus SAG does not typically equal Emmy curse. Which will make things a little bit more interesting, right? Because, you know, it'll be tough to say if whether or not if somebody wins SAG, if that's enough or if there is another external factor involved. It typically is not enough. And again, with the rolling TV year, we won't have many indicators. But for some, for like some people this year who will be competing in the, like the limited series categories, uh, like, for example, we'll get to that, but they won't they won't have a chance at the at the Golden Globes to, you know, maybe have a comeback moment or, you know, somebody just look at, for example, Stellan Skarsgård, who's had a career that includes over a hundred movies and was never awarded or even nominated anywhere except in Sweden for him to finally get that award. It is a big deal. I think what they really need to do as far as if I can add my sense of what they need to do is I think if they took 
their membership from 80 to 100 and maybe made it like 100 to 125 people and made sure that it was more diverse, that that would solve a little bit of their problem. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I, I think diversity is what drove this conversation. But I think the issues are much more deep rooted than just that. And it's going to either involve an entire makeover to the point that the globes just simply won't be the globes anymore as we know them or their complete eradication. And it's a little tough to say right now just exactly where that is going. Michael, what do you think of the whole situation? I don't really want to speak to the state of the globes because that's been scrutinized enough lately and they need to work that out on their own. So just looking at the landscape now that they're out of the equation for this next year, actually, I don't want to even say out of the equation because they're just not on NBC. We don't know if there's going to be a show or not. That's still to be determined. But given what we're going to be paying attention to of the televised precursors ahead of the Emmys, I would say all eyes on SAG. And it was already starting to look that way where a lot of the buzz was falling into the Screen Actors Guild. But we're really going to have to rely on them more than we ever have because they will really... Uh, I don't want to say make or break, but begin to build up these contenders in a way that uh, they hadn't always before. So it's going to be more scrutinized at the SAG Awards. And then we're also going to see maybe more of a focus on critics' choice, depending on how they uh, present that ceremony going forward. I think we might see a world where that moves to network rather than basic cable. So however the networks and uh, the organizations begin to present their awards over the next year, That'll really give us a lay of the land as we begin to look to Emmys 2022. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, this is Gary Chahot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today. One thing to keep in mind with the SAG Awards, as far as as, uh, the television side is, with the exception of this year, or maybe like a show like Glee or Stranger Things, for example, typically first year shows are not nominated there. So it is going to still be a little hard to gauge whether a show next year have any buzz going into it, going into the Emmys, because usually they wait. Usually you have to be on two seasons to get a SAG attention. Like, for example, Succession has never been nominated at the SAG Awards. Yeah, but also, too, with the SAG membership consistently uh, going up in numbers and most of those people not being actors, I feel that there is maybe going to start to become more of a populist mentality about them. And I feel like that's already started to actually happen versus more of this uh, insular actors celebrating actors mentality you know sure sure 
I mean, we saw Bridgerton get nominated this year. Well, that's definitely a pop culture show where that made that makes absolute sense. Yeah. So it, it, it's tough to say if it's a trend yet. Yeah, it's, we'll have to wait and see. It'll be interesting. But, um, you know, no one's going to win the five. No one's going to have a chance at winning the five awards. And that's, you know, that's a very rarefied error to sweep the Golden Globes, Critics' Choice, TCA, Emmys, and, and SAG. Yeah, and it'll be interesting, too, to see if, like, you know, maybe there's a possibility that uh, without the Golden Globes in play, you know, it's very possible that something could win those other awards and maybe still not go on to win the Emmy. And in, in the back of our minds, we'll always be wondering, could that have been the show or the performance or whatever to have won the Globe and nothing else? But because there was glo- no Globes, we'll just never know. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah, Ewan McGregor is a good example of that for uh, Fargo season three. That's the only award he won that whole year. Yeah, exactly. Well, in looking at the landscape as it is right now, I... I do I do agree with you, Amanda, that I've always felt like the Globes were really good at putting a spotlight on a show that the Emmys traditionally didn't. They were always really good at recognizing new shows in particular in their first seasons, even if it did produce sometimes like true WTF. What the heck is that show that just won moments for a lot of us? Mm -hmm. But despite any positives to come out of it at all. What's right is right. Absolutely. And right now what's right is that they get their act together and they do some serious reform. Yeah, they, they need to reform. It'll be fun to uh, play the game later this year over what we think might have been nominated at the Golden Globes. If there is no show, to Michael's point earlier, there still might be a press release announcement or maybe it does. Uh, there is some sort of a show uh, on. I don't need, I don't think it's going to be another network, to be honest with you. They might just do something maybe on their youtube channel or something like that for all we know well they could do another press conference like they did during the writer's strike where they just yeah said here's the time we're gonna announce our winners Mm-hmm. although in my own personal opinion i don't think they should do anything i think that if they do anything at all even a bare minimum um my gut feeling tells me it'll be bad pr but if the message and they would have to like come out and say this if they if they say hey we're putting out a press release this year of our nominees and our winners because we want to prove to people that we aren't just about the parties, the favors and the expensive fancy boat trips to concerts and share. And I, I don't even know what else. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, we're about celebrating what is the best of the year. If they are going to stick true to that and that's going to be their new motto moving forward, then you know what? I'd say let them have it. But if they just put out a press release as almost like a defiant F you, we're still going to do something like that's going to send the wrong message to people, I think. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree. All right. So let's talk about all those shows that won't be nominated for Golden Globes this year. <laughs> <laughs> I want to break this down into a couple of different shows here. And then once I'm done breaking those down, uh, we can then go individually uh, based on what you have been watching and if I, di- if I didn't mention something. So why don't we first start off with HBO's Mayor of Easttown, starring Kate Winslet, Evan Peters. This show is right now at a point where we only have two episodes left. 
I feel like it's really started to peak at this point in terms of interest. The ratings are continuing to go up week by week. Everyone seems to really be loving it. Michael, you're from the Philly area. Tell us what you think. So just to clarify, I'm not just from the Philly area. I am from the suburbs where this show takes place. This is my show. These are my people. This is like filmed in my backyard. And there's a very specific dialect in my suburbs that Kate Winslet had to learn, which I just find to be the funniest thing that out of all the accents in the world, she's literally doing my neighborhood and doing a terrific job at it. I mean, SNL thought it was hysterical, too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We should just say before we go any further, if you haven't watched the last episode, please stop now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Get forward like 10 minutes. Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this is a preview of episode 19 of the Next Best Series podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast. If you would like to get the rest of this podcast, you will have to head on over to our Patreon for Next Best Picture, where for $1 minimum a month, you will get the rest of this episode, along with other exclusive podcast content as well. You have been listening to the Next Best Series podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast umbrella, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, feel free to do so. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.